This is the Editor's Half Hour. Step into the life of an editor for 30 minutes as we discuss the craft of editing, industry trends, and editorial resources. Your host is co-founder and CEO of Peak Publishing, Inc., Nadia Jaja Pupa. She is experienced in all facets of the publishing industry, from editing to design, and works with corporate clients and self-published authors. Nadia and her guests are about to share powerful insights and stories on what it takes to be an editor. And this is your host, Nadia Jaja Pupa. Welcome, listeners, to the Editor's Half Hour. We are now in February, or I should say, when this episode is out, it'll be February. We're getting back into the swing of things, and I think a lot of people are slowly getting back into the swing of things this year. We're starting with a, we have started with a gentle start to 2024. So I would love to welcome my fabulous, wonderful guest, Sonia Aline. We met a few years ago. Um, no, last year. We met last year. I was on Sonia's podcast. She has a podcast called Business First. Um, Sonia, please introduce yourself. Tell us everything about you. I have a million questions for you, so it's going to be very <laughs> tough to squeeze it into 30 minutes today. Well, um, first of all, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, what is my short bio? I've worked as an editor for most of my career. Um, I've written three books. Um, I was the editorial director at Black Enterprise, which is a uh, well, it was a magazine when I started and it developed into a platform for business, African-American business professionals. And I was the founding editorial director for their Women of Power Summit, which was a, uh, again, another platform to help women understand how to negotiate and how to move through their corporate experience. And um, yeah, and so now my, my latest company is Storytellers, um, Storytellers Magic. And um, that has been my focus in the last couple of years is to help people, business people, tell better stories. And, and as you mentioned, I have a podcast called Business First. Business First. So you're all about business. You probably have so many amazing stories in your head from just things that you've experienced and things that you've heard from other women who've experienced things in business. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where to begin today. There's so much to talk about. Um, but I, our focus is true. I'm, I'm going to try to stay focused on, <laughs> on your genius of storytelling, how yeah. maybe editors can implement those skills, I want to call it, or maybe a strategy behind their business and how to attract more clients. I mean, that's what we're all about. We need to attract clients when you're a business owner. It's it's constantly, um, you know, trying to figure out how to keep your business running. And Absolutely. I think there's things that we neglect sometimes as business owners. We don't think about the um, the client's journey or the client's experience through your website or how they interact with you as their, um, their vendor or their, you know, professional servicer for whatever, whatever we want to do, which would be basically editing. Cause that's who we're yeah. talking to today that we're talking to editors. So, um, I would just love to hear about, let's get started from the beginning. How did you begin your editorial journey? How, how did you get your start in business? You started out as an editor. 
Yeah. So what's interesting is I didn't even know what editors did. I mean, my mm-hmm. interest was always journalism. Um, when I went to Emerson, I, I had a journalism major. It was a business major, but my interest was journalism. And I ended up applying for my first job at a company called Class Magazine, which stood for Caribbean, Latin, African-American Sights and Sounds. It was a digest Whoa. size magazine. And this was back in the 80s. And Velma Dorch, who was the managing editor at the time, I don't even know if wow. Velma knows this. I don't even know wow. if she's still alive um, wow. or around, but um, she was the managing editor. And so okay. I was hired as the associate editor okay. or assistant editor, I should say. I was hired as the assistant editor, but I had no idea what editors did. And so they did send me to school. I did. A, I took a course at NYU, just one course okay. um, in terms of how to be an editor Okay. And the rest of it was really all on the job training. So it was something that I had no idea existed, but has been the basis of my my work, my experience for like the last 30, 30 plus years. I love it. It created the foundation for launching you into your career as a journalist Absolutely. and several other things that you've done in your job. Absolutely. So and I, I think that. it gave me a solid foundation. Um, because as we were talking off camera, um, you know, when you are kind of big picture editor, Mm -hmm. uh, it gives you a sense of, you're always looking for the story. You're always looking for themes. You're looking for consistencies and that's kind of what life is about. Right. And so it gives you a really good solid platform for anything else that you'd like to do, um, in business. Absolutely. I love, I love the way, and here's the funny thing that our, I want our listeners to know. Sonia, so so you were introduced to me through a mutual connection that we both have, who is Helene. Mm -hmm. Helene, hello. If you're out there, I'm going to have to connect (laughs) with you and tell you, thank you for introducing me to Sonia because Sonia and I, we had maybe, I think Sonia used my calendar link and we scheduled a 15 minute (laughs) phone call and all you wanted to know, all Sonia needed to know was who are some good printers to work with? And I said, oh yeah, I got a few. I don't know what happened, but that 15 minute phone call, it turned into almost like it was over an hour. I know that That for sure. Over an hour. Absolutely. Over an hour. I wish we had just recorded that whole conversation because once we got into, we talked about several things, but then it started getting deeper and deeper. And because Sonia is a businesswoman, amazing businesswoman, we talked about my business, her business, but then it got deeper into what I, you know, once we started the editing, I think that's when right. it got, <laughs> that's when our conversation became magical. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about editing and I think that's the heart of, um, of who we are. You know, that's like you said, you just said, it's like the foundation that launched you into several other things in your life. And, you know, sometimes it goes the reverse where people find editing. Somehow editing is a part of, of, um, a career path or a journey. Some people pivot and add on other skills, which we'll get into later, but, um, there's a magic behind editing. I think it, it, your, your mind works a different way and depending on the type of editing you do. And so we were saying we, when this is where our, I'll never forget this. We got into the topic of copy (laughs) editing. And Sonia 
And you can do it. You know, if somebody gave you a manuscript today, yeah. you could absolutely copy edit the crap out of it. But do you want to copy edit the crap? Do you yes. enjoy copy editing? No. And that's when Sonia's like, no, my, no, my mind. I don't. Yeah. It, just, said, it won't even focus to it. You said, right? you said something like, my mind doesn't work that way. You said, I just can't handle that. Like, I can't remember exactly, but you did say that you are you need to be the one in the room to develop the content. You're yeah. a true developmental editor or yeah. even a ghostwriter, you know, creating that content, the higher level um, aspect. Yeah, so I love that. But and I have friends who thrive on copy editing. Like they, you know, they read, they read signs, they read labels. They read <laughs> yep. like every time they're out, like that's what they're doing. Like the yes. apostrophe is in the wrong place or they didn't yes. do. And yet like we could catch those things. Yeah. But if you gave me an entire manuscript to go through, I'd probably miss a ton of things. Oh, I'm sure. Um, even the I'm things sure. that yeah, I, would I would know too. need to be corrected. So I think we both thrive in that developmental space. And yeah. the creation of space. And that's where you started to realize, well, actually, I want you to tell me the moment you realize, you know, I don't belong in the copy editing world or even proofreading world. You belong in that developmental creativity uh, aspect of things, because I want to get into Oh, there's so much to talk about, Sonia. How are we going to do this today? God darn it. I know. Because there's so much. There's need, just so much that you've done. We need after. Yeah, we need drinks after. There's so many things that, and I'll say, I keep saying so many, so many, because Sonia, I'm just going to throw this in there. She's interviewed high profile celebrities. She's interviewed yeah. Oprah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but but I want to know the moment in your career where you were like a light bulb had to have gone off. You, you may, you must remember that where you're like, okay, I need to step away from doing this type of editing work. I'm, I belong here in the developmental side of things. What yeah, was that I like? Think, I think it was every time I did an interview. Um, okay. So in, in a lot of the, 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 the places where I worked, I worked as a writer and, and as an editor and, and sometimes even working as a writer was hard to get your work edited. Cause I always say every time a writer submits something, you believe it's your best work. Right. Of course. And then someone goes through it back then with the red pen and you're just like, ah, oh. but then if you could take your ego out of it yeah. and look at it, I, I always appreciated how much better my work was once an editor got their hands on it. And so I understood that that was a real skill but it was also really important to, to tell a, a full story, a great story, right? Yeah. And so although you as a writer might think you captured it, you really needed the, the you needed another person to look at it and say, well, but why was that important, right? Like, right, right. why is this significant? Why is this even in the story? Did you explain this properly? And so every time I had a really great editor even if I were, was frustrated with the process of it, every time I had a great editor, the product, I felt really proud. I, you know, I could, anytime I had something that was published, like I'd read it three or four times yes. after, right? And just go like, wow, like that really made a difference or that sounded yeah. good or that really made sense. And so mm -hmm. I think it was in the process of being a writer and having my work corrected that made mm -hmm. me understand the importance of how you can always improve on whatever you're creating. And if you had the right editor, it could be right. inspiring or like the, the finished product could be trans 
transformational or inspiring or more instructional than you intended it to to be. For sure. And it helps when you work with the same editor. Like if you create that connection over the long term, that editor knows how to say, okay, Sonia would never use this word. Like it would be it wouldn't connect. The connection is there when you work long term. And if you're continuing to write articles, whoever that staffer is that you're working, who's reading, oh, this is Sonia's. Okay. And then they understand your writing style and they know how to like navigate their way through that. And so that makes it even stronger over time. And it's, it's really, really great. Um, But what you were saying about, and this is a perfect segue into connecting to the storytelling aspect of, um, a business, not just an article that you're writing. And so I think that's where I see that coming from you is you, when you're interviewing people, being the good interviewer and knowing what questions to ask, when to ask it, how to kind of just find where that hook is. The, the highlight of that conversation is related to storytelling and right, so you absolutely. took that and ran with it. I mean, you took it to the next level. And your company, you said it's called Storytelling Magic. Storytellers or, Magic. Or yeah. Storytellers Magic. Magic, um, yeah. T- talk to us about that that bridge that you've, over your career journey and path, how you realize that it's that story and you're yeah. building it off of that. And, and give us some pointers. What can editors do, freelancers do to connect with their potential clients? Yeah. So that's, so there's a lot there. Um, you know, I, I had left publishing in 2014 and went into government and hated it. Um, but I had the role and a lot of editors understand this too. in, in the transition to digital, those of us who left, a lot of us went into PR. And so I was doing yeah. public relations, um, in a government capacity and had really great success in a position that, had hadn't before. Like I'd brought a lot of great press to this agency, a lot of cover stories. And the reason I was able to do that is because I was able, although we were an agency that collected parking tickets and taxes, <laughs> right? I think the two, the two things that people in New York hate, right? The right, most. Right. Um, we were able to bring a lot of really positive stories to the agency because I was able to identify other stories. Like I, I saw that. us bigger than just an agency that's with, with their hands in your pocket. There were yeah. other things that they were doing that were worth telling, that were, that were helping New Yorkers, that were making life better for, for New Yorkers. And again, that's what editors are able to do, right? You're able to see through to, you can see the big picture, but you can also see the nuggets Yes. The smaller nuggets in that big picture. And so, um, but I hated it because government, as we know, is just very restrictive and safe. They don't, they're not creative at all because they're afraid of creativity because they're afraid of what, what the press may say about who they are and what they do. Right. And so I had a a girlfriend that I had, um, worked with previously. We had stayed in touch and, um, we would talk often about businesses and we would compare like what people were doing right and what they were doing wrong. And we decided to form a company where we would help businesses tell effective stories and and, in effect, help them find the, the nugget or the essence of who they are in their business and be able to inspire people to see them differently or to see them, to, to see all of who they are. And yeah, in the yeah. work that they were doing. 
And so in the process, we found that um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a literal sense, um, that all companies have themes, like all stories mm-hmm. have themes, right? Yes. And so if you think about the movies or literature, when you think about romance or you think about a heist movie or you think mm-hmm. about a comedy or a rom-com or a, um, a, a war movie yes. uh, or a horror movie, right? Those are all themes They're that you kind of yeah. know what's going to happen. You may not know what's the, what the, the full plot is, right. but if you know you like comedies, the goal is for you to go and laugh. Mm-hmm. If you know you like- They have like, a specific style, right? They have a specific style. Yeah. And so we identified that even for businesses, that if, if businesses could understand what their style is, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they're a business for function, whether their goal is to inspire, whether their business is to transform, if they understood that, then they could keep their messaging consistent, And they would identify with the person who wants that in their, you know, in terms of of a customer or a client who may want that. And so one of the examples we use, and if you get a chance to watch Air, which is on Prime. You told me about that. I never did watch it. Did we talk about that? (laughs) We did talk about that. Wow. It's such a great movie about branding, right? Yeah. Because Nike is a sports line, Right. But they've never, ever, ever done a commercial to talk about traction or fit or how the, when you think about what a basketball sneaker is supposed to do, there are all of these things that identify a great basketball sneaker. Nike never talks about that, right? What they sell you are these inspiring stories of the athlete who was either traumatized or someone who had to come back for something or someone who was great. And so their focus is inspiration, Mm -hmm. right? That's what Nike sells. Just do it, right? It's an inspiring story. And so they've been able to be consistent with that, but that's, that's part of the attraction for the brand. And so that's a big brand, but it's also a formula that smaller companies can use as well. So if you can identify what you're really selling, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, are you really selling the, the, the technical aspect of writing a book or are you empowering people to know that they can write a book? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a very different sell than this is what you do. Like you step, step one is this step two is that step three is this, you can have that. Right. But what else are you offering? And if you're really clear about what you're offering, then that becomes your story and that becomes your brand. You know, what we teach is that branding is a really simple process. Yeah. It's whatever your promise is to the to the customer. I mean, their books and their courses written on branding, but branding in its most simple place is or simple state is it's your promise to your customer or client. And if you're consistent that. in that then that's what your customers and clients tell other people about who you are. And then that, that really is your brand, right? So I'd like to tell people you have a brand, whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, right? (laughs) Because it's whatever you're doing consistently that people receive a certain way and are talking about you in, in the marketplace. I love this. And this transcends things like graphics and consistent use of colors. I mean, that's comes with it. That's it's all not part branding. Of it. yes. It's part of right. it. it it's but that's, it. but what you're talking about is the core of 
of of who you are as a business owner and that promise. I love that. I've never heard yeah. it actually said that way, that yeah. it's the promise that you're giving your clients. It's the promise that you're giving. Um, there, yeah. there, there are four questions that all businesses should be able to, to, to say or identify are who you are, what you do, why you do it, and for whom. And be unequivocal in that. Be very clear. And the book that we created, which is a journal, actually yes. helps you go through all of those things. So we do talk about graphics. We do talk about color. But before you even get to any of that, you have to be really clear about who you are, what you do, why you do it, and for whom. And how your story Right, whatever that is, the the relevance of your story is in there, and in the in the process, choosing your theme about how you want to show up in mm-hmm. in the marketplace, because that's what stories we're hardwired for yeah. stories, right? We like are. that's we, you know, they they say they're roughly, I think, is it seventy thousand thoughts that go through a person's head, wow. and you have to be able to capture one of those thoughts, right? <laughs> right. As, as a business person. And so it's usually somebody looking at your business and, or, or what I should say is what you want are people to look at your business and say, I want that. I need that. Or I'd like that experience. Those are the three things that people are, are feeling when they want a product or service, right? I want that. I mm-hmm. need that. I need or that. Or I'd like that experience. And, and if then, you and, know what those are, if yes. you can answer those questions, then you've got a business that's primed for success. The rest of it is is consistency, execution, right? right and then right, consistency. Right. But the foundation is understanding how you even want to present yourself in the marketplace. I love that. I want to get that like on a thing, like a plaque. <laughs> I want <laughs> say it again. So can you say it again? I want I that. I want that. I, I need, need that. that. Or I'd like that experience. I'd like that experience. And those are the questions that you, or those are the things you want your potential clients to say, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. When you think about anything so... that you buy, anything that you purchase, that's yeah. what you're saying, right? I need yeah. that. I want that. Yeah. Or I'd I like that, that experience. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's just that so, simple. it's so, it's so simple, but it is profound. Yeah. It is profound because if, if we are, if we take a seat and just, just sit and reflect mm-hmm. on our businesses and how we're running our businesses. It really changes the way I'm already thinking of, a, a, like you said, how many thoughts go, are going through my mind? Yeah, 70,000. 70, I, I just couldn't qualify it, right? I can't remember if it's in a minute or if it's, it's in a day or I couldn't qualify it. But I know it's, the number is set. So, and, and we know that, right? There, there are oh, yeah. thousands of thoughts that are running I, through yeah, our head. I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking about my website now and I'm thinking, what can I do to improve it? What can I do to change yeah. some of the messaging that maybe doesn't align with what I can do? You know, sometimes you know, we're so busy and we're in the throes of something or we're in the, the deep depths of maybe it is a copy edit or maybe it's a developmental edit. Um, we're not only doing the work, we're also running the the company. And so running the company, I think we need, I think it's a reminder too, to update our websites, um, periodically, not just one, once a year. Um, Or sometimes people say, oh, I need a website refresh every two years. But I think it's a constant thing that needs to be updated. I try my best to, and I have no choice because I post, you know, the podcast episodes 
on the website. So it's a constant thing. And while I'm in there, I'm like, oh, I need to reword something, right? Maybe I find an error or something. But I mean, these are all little in the weeds things I'm saying. But the point is that it, it and you correct me if I'm wrong, Sonia, is it no. an evolutionary thing? Can it be an evolutionary thing? Or, oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely, how do you yeah. say, oh, well, now I, I want to add another skill or service, you know? Absolutely. Because it's, um, you know, nothing is, is constant in business because trends mm-hmm. change, right? Right. Consumer demands change. Right. And so you can easily start one way and see that even just based on the feedback, right? So a big yeah. part of storytelling is also listening, Right? Yes. And yes. so are you listening to the industry? Are you listening to your clients? Are you listening to your employees, right? Who are on the front line? They're doing this stuff every day and they may be more connected to your customers or clients than you are. And so yeah. you always have to be receiving feedback and listening to what's going on, how people are feeling so that you can make the changes or make adjustments as you feel that they are in line with what you are going to do. Um, absolutely. And and this is making me think about, you know, and it comes up in every conversation, you know, generative AI, AI is coming up all the time. Do you, what are your thoughts on it? And do you think that it could be helpful for some editors to not pivot their careers? Cause I mean, everybody, like, like we just said, you know, you can make changes and make adjustments, but, um, what, what are your thoughts on how maybe generative AI is is affecting business owners to possibly pivot or maybe in add additional skills and services to what they're providing. Like editors, yeah. like for me, I don't just edit. I also do graphic design and I can oversee right. maybe the branding of materials. So AI, uh, you know, my initial thoughts have, have been that it's, it's a little frightening, right? That when you think yeah. about what um, can be produced you can start to feel like, you know, will they need, you know, will they need humans for anything, right? Like, or will AI right. be able to take over all of these things? And of course, that's not true because what you really can't replace is that human touch, right? Right. Um, what I believe you can't replace also is that level of creativity that, I mean, because even currently, if, 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 if I'm correct, um, AI can only really produce what's already existing. Right. All right. And so, you know, my thing would be to use it to assist, um, but not to lead. Right. And, and you'll lose that uniqueness too. I think if, um, we're depending so much on, uh, generic content to be generated, yeah. it becomes generic and that's yeah, not what absolutely. we want to be. Yeah. I think it's the authenticity of, ourselves that we're bringing to the table as business owners. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about, let's, let's talk really quickly about, uh, some things that we should not do. What, what are things that, that are a turnoff or a red flag, uh, that you've maybe witnessed over the years with business owners or the lack of, I mean, you could just easily say the lack of storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, uh, the, the biggest thing, um, and I've wanted to actually write about it, which I may in the next week or so. Oh, I hope is so. Is the decline of customer service. Okay. I think that, that All right. That is a huge problem. And, um, and I don't know what's going on because it's, 
I, I've, I've experienced it in different industries. Um, I had a friend who's in Barbados who was did a whole rant um, about a, a an experience that he had in a particular place that was related to customer service. Um, it's in our department stores. It's in the local stores. And, you know, I don't know what's happening, but we need to rethink how we're treating people who are calling us on the phone, who are reaching out to us on social media, who are walking into our offices. Um, that I think is the biggest challenge that businesses are facing right now. They neglect it. Um, yeah. Th- yeah. Like they're just they're not neglecting that. Tell mm-hmm. your employees to come off of their phones, like in the workplace. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, you know, I walked into a bookstore I mean, how many people are going into bookstores these days? I walked into a bookstore <laughs> the other do. day. <laughs> yeah. And this woman was on the phone for a no. good three minutes. Okay. Like she never looked over, never acknowledged me. And okay. I said, okay, well, maybe she thinks I'm browsing. Okay. Right. So I, I, I did the whole browsing thing and I came back still on the phone. And then I thought, well, maybe she's, you know, maybe there's an emergency, right? Maybe this mm-hmm. is a, you know, she's dealing with yeah. an emergency or she's, yeah. um, Nope, because now I'm hearing glimpses of the conversation and okay. it's, it's not, not a business conversation. So now wow. I decide to look at her. <laughs> right. Now, now I'm going to look at because now I'm going to let you know that I would like stare down some service. Yes. <laughs> and after 30 seconds, she's still on the phone. Wow. She then says to the friend, uh, I got to go. <sighs> oh, that is so rude. She's, she's not the owner. Right. No, but no. Um, yeah. But I've experienced that in major department stores as well. People yeah. are on their yeah. phones. Right. While yeah. you're waiting to be served. And so yeah. that's part of your brand development. Right. Like that's, yeah. you know, right. one of the things that we say in the book. Um, I think it's Maya Angelou has been credited with saying it, though. People mm-hmm. may not remember what they do. Or they, people may not remember what you do. They may not remember what you say, but they will always remember how you make them feel. And wow. that is a key part of your brand <sighs> and how you are going to relate to, um, even if you get it wrong, right? Even yeah. if you make a mistake, right? Yeah. If you handle that well, that's what people yeah. will say. Like, you know, they really screwed up my order, but boy, did they, did they get it right? Or, yeah, right? They or got it right. Boy, mm-hmm. did they make it up for They turned it around. They, yeah, they, the way yeah. they spoke to me, right? So even if you make a mistake in business, if you're treating people well, um, you know, that's what it is. There's a gentleman, and I'm, I'm sorry I can't recall his name now. He, he did a, he's done a couple of um, presentations on, on YouTube, and he's written a book. He's a former New York Times um columnist, I believe. And I wish I, you know, I I didn't think we we would be talking about this. I wish I had his name, but he's written a book on how to be, how to see and how to be seen. And he was saying that it's, it's at crisis level right now in our society that we don't know how to listen. We don't know how to see people. We're not um, appreciating people when they are in front of us. Um, And it's, you know, I listened to his, um, I listened to the presentation twice because it is, he said more people are getting thrown out of restaurants than ever before. Like it's just because people aren't, 
they don't feel like they're being seen. And part yeah. of it is social media. Part of it is that we're rushing to do everything. Yes. Um, that we're not taking our time with stuff. It's always about getting to the next. Yeah, next um, thing. You know, I was in, I was at a restaurant in Chicago not too long ago, and I was just like, "Wow, this is nice." Because in New York, um, once you're finished dessert, doesn't usually doesn't matter what type of restaurant you're in. They're <laughs> like, they're they just want to get you out because they want to get you out. Else, they need right? another and table. So, yep. There's, there's no, you know, you don't get to sit and, you know, after you have dessert, dessert or finish your meal to just sit and relax and enjoy the company that you're with. It's like, that's the pace at which we're, we're operating. And I think that if businesses, I say all that to say that if businesses understood that a little more, um, to, to see the people that they're working with, right, understand who they are and serve them. Right. To, yeah. to lead, you really have to be able to serve. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's probably that would probably be my biggest advice. I love that to a, a business owner. And it's probably the thing that we're missing the most is the emphasis on service. I love that. That is so important, especially for editors to hear we're in the professional service we're in a professional services environment that's what we're providing we're not providing products we're providing a service service and and that needs to be consistent from beginning to end and that that experience from the client's end is going to make all the difference and i know i know for a fact that i would say 90 percent, maybe more than 90 percent of editors say that they get their business through word of mouth and that is much stronger than you know you know i have had clients approach me just stumbling across the website and then they fill out the form that happens too but when i really look at who i have and the best clients i have always are the word of mouth clients always yeah 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 Yeah. because they feel seen they feel, and we mm-hmm. talked about this. I, I, you know, I think one of the reasons that we stayed on the phone as, as long as we did is that you don't see editing as just this tactical skill, right? right? Like you, there's coaching involved. You understand the challenges that people feel, the trepidation that they feel. And that's a huge skill to understand the person, right? behind the product, right? What is the person struggling with who wants to put this product out? It's very easy to say, well, do this first and then do this next and then call that person and then put it through this. Like, that's very easy. And most of that you might be able to find online, right? Like you might be able to find the step-by-step process for how you should do certain things. But it makes right. a huge difference for somebody to, to, to work with someone like you and know, you know, I, I felt seen. I felt like she understood yeah. my challenge. She, she understood what I was going through. And that has helped me through the yes. process Yeah, as well. And you know what, what makes me, it makes me want to think about the fact that if for any, if there are any listeners who are writers and, you know, you're experiencing the editorial process more as a factory and just being pushed along, that's a red flag that you need to maybe walk away or that, you know, you need to find that editor that has that conversation with you as a writer. Um, And it makes me think about the fact that I've experienced a major shift in my company with once I introduced manuscript evaluations as a service, it changed my business in a wow. different direction that I didn't even expect. Wow. And that's when I thought I'm onto something here. The yeah. manuscript evaluation 
It isn't, oh, here's a writer handing me their manuscript and then I begin my edits. No, right. I don't even edit. I'm not even editing it because at that point I'm, I'm looking at their manuscript as are you, is you, the writer thinks it's done. Yeah. And it is, it is done because that's as far as they could take it. But then when you evaluate what's there, exactly. it could be taken in different directions and it could really, it's the foundation is there. I, I look at the manuscript as a foundation, but there could be a plot hole if it's fiction. There could be gaps of information that's, that, that are, that are missing, but it's, it could be resolved within two hours of the writer going back and fixing. And so had the writer not gotten it evaluated, exactly. you know, it gets out there. It's self-published. It gets out there without yeah. really getting assessed for what it's that alpha read really, you know, before right. it gets to the beta read. And and it's so powerful and it's, it's changed my company. It really has. I, I, I can imagine it goes back to, yeah. um, what we were talking about in the beginning, right? Every writer who submits something believes this is their mm -hmm. best work. It, yes. Right? And so and it if is you in their mind. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it took someone else, right? To look at mm -hmm. it and go like, it could be much stronger if you did this, yep. right? You could really yep. enhance it. And they see it, I'm sure. I'm sure that's oh, yeah. why you get the clients or keep the clients that you have is because yeah. they realize, oh yeah, this is much better now. Yes, now. Or they are in control too. And I think that's another thing is that manuscript evaluation, it puts them in control. I'm not, they're not relinquishing power by giving their manuscript to an editor. Exactly. The editor should, should really help improve. And that's my way of improving it is by evaluating right. what's the substance. And right. then the author goes and fixes it. And then bring right. it back to me to fix grammar and punctuation. Don't bring it back to me to do, you know, the right, unless they want me to do the writing. Right. That's a different scenario. That's a different but, service. Yeah. but the point is the power and control of what's there is in the author's hands, is not in the, the editor's hands. Yeah. So which, as you know, which is really important for a yes. writer. Right. Because yes. we've all had the editors who have sent your work back and you're just like, this isn't me. This isn't my voice. <laughs> you want to cry. And, yeah. it, and it's a bruise to your ego. You're like, what is, did I have a bad writer? No, you're not exactly. a bad writer. You had a yeah. bad editor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was something I had to learn too, right? Even as an editor, right? Yeah. You might want to take it and just like, oh, like this is what I feel it should be, right? Right, right. And so those were the lessons I had to learn as an editor. But an those editor. are the... Yeah, those are the things you learn that the 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 writer's voice is important. Their point yes. of view is important. And yes. so, you know, even if you have questions or you want to enhance it, you still have to honor it. It's still important yes. to honor it. Yeah. You I, I love this conversation. I feel like we could just keep talking for hours, but let's let's you wrap this up. We really we have. We have already. Who are we kidding? This is I kind of wish no, it's actually a good thing. If you lived in San Diego, could you imagine we would we wouldn't get any work done. We would just we would talk all day. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> no, but it would be cool if we did see each other in person. How fun would that be? Well, when um, I make it out to to, to California, yeah, you I definitely call me. will come. I will yes. absolutely. Yeah. Got to hang out. To. We would have such a great time. Mm -hmm. um, so, listeners, I'm going to put everything that Sonia mentioned in the show notes. Even air. I need to watch that. That it's a show or a movie. On yeah, it's a movie on on Prime. On Prime. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. I'm going to put in. Um, you were talking about an article or something. We'll, we'll connect off. The you know spot. what? I will. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I think it's worth watching. Um, yeah, any business owner. It's not a business. Yeah. Uh, a presentation, but it's so relevant to where businesses are today. 
Yes, so the customer service. Often, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So check out the show notes and and specifically check out the storytelling business journal that Sonia has written. I want to put that in the show notes. I want that book. It's going to be really great for me to think about and uh, reassess what I've done with my business. I want my business to continue to grow. Everybody should yeah. want those things for their business. Yeah. So thank and you, it's Sonia. Easy to, you know, we, we, we kept in mind that it, it was for business people. So there's right. not a whole lot of reading. You just, it's a lot of work. You have to put all your stuff in, but then yes. you have everything there. You can use it as a training manual. You can refer back to it when you want to. So um, yeah, we believe it's a very useful tool. I can't people. wait to get my hands on it. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Those are the things that I need in my life. <laughs> um, any last words, you. any last words of encouragement and advice for business owner Sonia before we end our recording? Oh, wow. Keep reading, keep writing, keep exploring, keep creating, keep creating. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Sonia. Thank you, Nadia. This has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Editor's Half Hour. This podcast is your go-to resource for editorial trends, opening the discussion for new ideas through the real-life stories of editors. For more information about Nadia Jaja Pupa and her business, visit peakpublishing.com. That's P-I-Q-U-E publishing.com. Be sure to follow Peak Publishing on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And remember to subscribe and follow the Editor's Half Hour wherever you get your podcasts.